Hello, and welcome to the Raising Athletes podcast. My name is Kirsten Jones. I'm a peak performance and sports parenting coach. My passion in life is helping people figure out what's getting in their way, holding them back, and figuring out ways to release that pressure so they can move forward and, and be the best version of themselves. Susie Walton and I started this podcast nearly five years ago, and it's just been such a fun journey helping parents and athletes and learning from authors and coaches as we are all on this parenting journey and trying to do the best to help our kids to be their best. So today we're going to talk about something that I've tiptoed around. In fact, I have my last chapter in the book. I address it, but man, it's an ever-changing landscape. And so I brought in Joy Harris today, who's going to talk to us about NIL. Welcome, Joy Harris. Thank you so much for having me. So happy to be here. So let's start with the the elephant in the room. What is NIL? So NIL is name, image, and likeness. I just break it down to say it's the athlete's ability to use their name, their image, so their face and their likeness of so things that might resemble them, think video games, for their own monetization. Um, so prior to the NCAA actually getting sued, uh, which happened way before 2021, uh, it started turning the tide for athletes to be received what they called education-related payments. That then turned into athletes having NIL. So NIL has always been in existence, but NIL has been for the benefit of the NCAA and colleges. And so now it's just giving athletes back the right to use their name, image, and likeness on their behalf, like any other YouTuber or influencer or entrepreneur that exists in the world. And does this only pertain to college athletes or what ages do, can you start getting NIL deals? Yeah, so you can actually start getting NIL deals as young as elementary school. I think there's an athlete in California who's under the age of 10 who has an NIL deal. Um Technically, it starts to get a little regulated around high school. So there are okay. some states, I believe like Arizona, that don't allow high school athletes to get NIL deals yet. But most of the states are allowing high school athletes to get NIL deals. So high school is where it starts to be regulated and then on up through college. But prior to high school, before the regulation hits, you can have an NIL deal. So you're raising two of your own athletes. And so maybe that's how you kind of back in back backed into this uh, as a as an actual job, right? As an entrepreneur. Yeah. But could you talk about your journey with your two athletes and, and what your point of view is and the experience you've had with them? Yeah. So um, I actually am an entrepreneur in a totally separate field and have been so more service-related business. Um, and so my uh, young kid decided that they wanted to play a sport and they have been playing you know their sport for a while but they really came and said hey I want to do it seriously this is what I want to do um and so I actually didn't <laughs> favor them playing because the industry of sport or the business of sport 80 percent of it doesn't necessarily benefit the athlete right there are people places institutions regulations and rules that aren't in the best interest of the athlete initially. So I had a lot of pause about them being able to play, not their ability, but going into an industry that intentionally puts roadblocks in the way of you being able to financially take care of yourself and for you to have the information to make good decisions about your career, um, but at the same time, making sure that you can be monetized off of. 
Um, and so after they were kind of adamant about, no, this is what I really want to do. Um, and, you know, I hold to my creed of it's my job to put the right soil and environment around whatever they want to do. It's not my job to make them who they need to be. Um, I got on board and we started forming a strategy. And I also started to come along around the same time as we started to just form their strategy. Because as, as an entrepreneur, I think of business first. So I always think of like, all right, well, what's the small window of opportunity that we have in this down market that we can take advantage of? Um, so this is like 2021 or what What year yeah. is this? That you this were, is okay. like 2021, and, right wrapping around 2022. Um, and your child is what age at that um, time? They're 12, running into 13. Okay. Um, we start to put kind of some, all right, this is a plan we think we can have in place. And I all happens. And as a test initially to myself, I said, okay, well, if this is real, let's do it. Let's do a test. Let's see how many brand deals we can get you. And I, and I made the goal of, let's see if we can get three brand deals in seven days, right? Because to me, then we, ha we actually have something that's of some substance that we can grow. Um, and so I ended up getting two brand deals in four days. And I said, okay, well, we have, it's something there. And started can you share what kind of brands you went after? Like, how um, did so you I'll identify? Talk about one. The other one I okay. won't talk about uh, because it's okay. their particular deal. Uh, but one was SeatGeek. We ended up doing a deal with SeatGeek, um, who's like the ticketer. Um, and so, and it was pretty, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be at their level. At the time, they played rec balls. So they weren't playing for a school in particular. Um, and so I was like, all right, well, they don't have a bajillion followers, right? <laughs> they um, they aren't known all over the world. So this could be something that is beneficial to A, their careers so as they're trekking in the sport. They have um, some finances if they want to do something with, if he wants to be an entrepreneur, if he wants to launch something. B, I also saw it as a way for them to be able to pay for school, so as you know, what happens in the world of sports, everybody is pining to get recruited, right? Mm. Um, and so you may often take a school that is not your first pick, but that is where your scholarship might be, or that is the recruiter that happens to be looking at you at the time. And so I saw NIL as a way for them to be able to use the funds to go to the exact school that they want to go to, to give them the opportunity that they wanted debt-free. So whether they got a scholarship or not, because not very many people know, but the schools typically only get a certain amount of scholarships, especially in headcount sports. And if you're not in a headcount sport, you don't even get a full ride to give, um, even though that's not always what's advertised. Um, so I saw it as a way for them to kind of make their own path for themselves that works to their advantage. Um, and starting to talk to parents about it, and no parents knew what I was talking about. And I started mm -hmm. to talk to coaches about it. And not coaches didn't have information or coaches were like, what's a distraction? They should just play. And I was like, I don't think that's how this actually works. So, um, so tell me how, tell us how you approached it then. I this is so fascinating. Um, yeah. like to, for, for, so, to protect your child, but also to help them grow. Right. Yeah. I approached it like a business. So in any business venture, you want to look at kind of the strengths of the market. Where's the window of opportunity what value can you bring to the market? And then the market pays you for the value that you bring. Um, and so not to pretend your kid is already on social media. And this is a question I get from some parents, not a, not a ton of parents, but some parents are concerned about privacy and putting their information out there. And so I was, your, your child is already on social media. If you have given them a phone, which most parents <laughs> are very early, 
they're on social media, right? So it's more important to talk to them about, about social media, about putting on their, putting their private information, their addresses, their location, their social security numbers, um, where they are currently when they're filming, if they're going live. But what ends up happening when you are turning the tide towards NIL, when you're more conscious about building a brand, your student athlete more times than not ends up talking to you about social media because they have a brand deal. So they want to make sure that they do their, they do their deliverable. So they're having the conversation with you. So it's more about as the parent opening up the dialogue with your athlete. Hey, what's going on? What do you have? What's coming up next? What are you thinking about? How's your community? Right. They end up talking to you about what they're doing on social versus what they're doing now on social, which you have no idea. Right. And you are in the dark. So the the concern about privacy, I I contributed to headlines. Not that privacy is not an issue, but I think when a big headline comes out, we tend to be more up in arms about the headline than what actually is the substance and the fact. Um, if privacy is a concern, you're, you wouldn't give your kid a cell phone. So because they have one, it's mm-hmm. more important to talk to them about managing it. And, and more times than not, athletes are really good on social because they've already been groomed and pounded about what their image needs to look like and how they need to present themselves and why they need to be a certain way for recruiters. So athletes are like the kids on social that tend to be better on, on social um, about what they're doing. So privacy is less of an issue than you think. But yes, you still need to open up a dialogue with your athlete. Um, so there's communication about what's going on. This is so fascinating. Uh, I'll totally um, out myself and how old I am. But this is the version of back in the 1970s when I was being raised and my parents wanted to teach us. I had two sisters and they wanted to teach us how to manage our money and how to how to invest. And so <laughs> I lived in a small town and my dad had us use our, our um, what did we get? Uh, what do you call it? Uh, your allowance that we had worked, you know, we got $4 a week or something and we made our bed and did our chores and fed the horses. And we each had to buy a cow with the amount of money that we had so that we could then raise the cow, take care of the cow, knowing that we were gonna sell it for a profit to most all three of them ended up at the auction house, but it was that same concept of teaching them how to manage something outside of themselves, right? Yeah. And if you look at it that way, it's actually I think it's fascinating so versus great. you know right. It's because what I hear you saying, correct me if I'm wrong. This isn't about my kid going pro, and so I got to start his career off early so that he can make a make a bigger platform. This is really about him learning how to manage you know something outside of himself which is his brand definitely it's about giving your student athlete the opportunity to do whatever they want to do i think especially in sports and sometimes i get heartburn when coaches tout this statistic but you always hear less than one percent make it uh, across all sports less than four percent make it as if that is great advertising which i still i don't know i don't know why (laughs) you're coming over here um but it's an opportunity for them to do whatever they want to do. So if you know you're going into a sport where there's a 1% chance of going pro, then you need to have something else that they can do because sports absorb so much time that they often don't have a lot of time to cultivate another skill, right? The benefit of college, just call it spade a spade, is the networking opportunity in college. That's why college was even created. And I know, mm-hmm. I know they have those certificates that they hand out 
but the institution of college was created for the networking opportunities initially of the wealthy. So if you're an athlete, your networking opportunities are almost zero. By the time you have practice and training and preseason training and watching film and going to class and possibly taking tests while you're there, right? You aren't really in a position to take a semester and go be a mentee to the person who owns the Fortune 500 company in that city. You don't it's have a full-time job. You already have a full-time job. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. working on your brand allows you to not only have connections with business that you wouldn't normally have connections with because you don't have time, but it also allows you to develop that skill of marketing, advertising, networking, contract negotiation that you need if you don't go pro because now you have some connections of employment. But if you do go pro, you need because you've never seen a contract before until you go pro. The average athlete, once they go pro, has around two to five months to hire everyone they need to look over their contract, to do all their training. They have never seen a contract before. So you can imagine mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, if you're stepping into entrepreneurship and you've never done it before, you lean heavily on people who are saying they've done it before, but you don't even have proper oversight about whether they know what they're doing because you've never seen it before. So at and least, as a young athlete, you think this is a lot of money, whatever not the amount is. Anything whatever over the 10, amount. 000, yeah, ten thousand dollars seems like you won the lottery, and so and you're pretty sure you're going to be able to live off of it the rest of your life. Yes, right. You're gonna buy your mom a house with ten thousand dollars. <laughs> exactly. Certain and, about it. Right. Um, retiring. So, and so we say it in jest and sarcastically, but if you take yourself out of their position for a little bit, if you've never been in that situation before, then you do think that it's a lot of money. You do listen to the people who are telling you, yes, sign here, this is what you should do. And not that all those people don't have the best interest, but a lot of those people get paid based off of the decisions that they make for you. So it's not about not having a team, but it is about you knowing how to oversee your team. That's just good mm -hmm. business practice. I think NIL helps bring it down to an earlier level where you start having some of those interactions in a safe space, in a space where you still live with your parents, right? Mm -hmm. In a space where you can ask questions and find out information. You can fail on a small level and say, oh, okay, well, don't do that again. Let me do it differently than this time before it gets to now your headline. Um, so I think there's more pros to NIL than cons, um, but the headlines read differently. And to your point, I have a former client, Derek Cox, who didn't get drafted out of college, but ended up going to the combine, ended up making it into the NFL, playing for seven years. And he said, the number of guys that ended up sleeping on my couch, because they came in exactly to your point, thinking I won the lottery, I made it to the league, when the average uh, NFL athlete lasts two to three years. So it isn't a lifetime sport. Um, and, and even if you're one of the best, maybe, maybe 15 years, right? Okay. Tom Brady just made it to 40, but most of you are not going to make it that long. So having that mindset around how am I going to, what am I creating in the interim while I'm doing this so that when I walk out, I have something to, to, you know, continue to monetize and, yes. and to be, yeah, to be lucrative. So let's go back to your son, your football player. So how did, how many followers did they have? You know, like what, did you have the discussion with how are we going to go? Who are we going after? Did they decide? Like take us down that path. 
Yeah. So it's really about engagement. I do have a book, How to Get Paid Before Going Pro, that's on Amazon. That kind of walks you through step by step of exactly what to do. That's also a misconception sometimes. It's like, I need to have X number of followers to get a brand deal. It's really about engagement. How engaged Mm -hmm. is your audience? Also, just another myth to bust is not all NIL deals have to be online or through social media. Right. So the amazing place to start and the place that I always suggest to start if you're new to NIL is starting locally is offline, actually, a because local entrepreneurs tend to love athletes from their hometown. Right. They tend to already be rooting Mm. for the team that you're playing for. They tend to already be supportive. They care not as much about the engagement you have on social. And also you can do other types of deals like, hey. If we come to your restaurant on a snow light, on a slow light, slow night Night. with, with, you know, X number of people, can I do a brand deal with the restaurant? That's like a low hanging fruit way or the bakery. Um, That's a low hanging fruit way to get into NIL, to get your feet wet. And it has nothing to do with the amount of engagement or followers that you have on social. And you already know people in your community that you can call and say, hey, can you show up at this bakery on Wednesday night. Um, it'll help me out and you get your first deal. And then your first deal can snowball to your next deal. And you're seeing that with middle schoolers? Or is middle that high schoolers, schoolers? High schoolers, oh. college athletes. Um, local NIL deals work at all levels. So my again, my son was the guinea pig because I'm his parent. I can make him a guinea pig. Um, but I've seen it. I've given the advice time and time again. It works at every level. So this is instead of the paper route that our parents did and, you know, some of us did, right? If this is how do you teach them, you know, again, how to advocate for yourself, how to, so, okay. So to play devil's advocate, yeah. some parents would say, and the parents I work with, right, their kids are 24, seven, 13 months a year doing sport. Mm-hmm. They don't have time for something else, A, and B, what if they get to whatever varsity and they get cut and here they've been grooming this audience, they've had this deal and now it's no longer a part of their future and they've had to pivot. Yeah, so this is a, this great question. Love this question, here's why. This is something else I talk about in the book. NIL doesn't have to be about your sport at all. Really, NIL can capitalize on what you're interested in and your brand doesn't have to be about your sport. Now you Mm. are an athlete, so that's going to be inherent. You're going to be posting your trainings because that's what you do. You're going to be posting your highlight reel because that's what you do, but you can build brand around the thing that you are interested in, which can be anything. It can be bubble gum. It can be photography, right? It can be knitting. It can be socks. Your brand that you build around yourself doesn't have to solely be your sport so because that is the case then the deals that you get and the audience that you build aren't solely tied to you and your sport that's the wonderful thing about building your brand is that you happen to not play after varsity or you happen to not play after because that audience sticks with you because they're in it for what your interests are even outside of your sport so you decide hey i'm a senior now and I don't want to play, but I've been talking about socks 
for the last three years and have been talking to my audience about what their favorite socks are and who has the best sock brand and then you decide to come out with your own sock line because you love socks like that's a possibility that happens the reason why it happens because it happens in the influencer world all the time so mm -hmm. NIL is a great place that just doesn't lock you into being an athlete um, in terms of not having time NIL is also something that you can do that doesn't require any extra time meaning your person is already on social media they're already scrolling while they're in the car with you. They're already on the phone in the afternoon after they finish. They're already using their phone, right? So now it's just being productive while they're using your phone. It's not the same as like, hey, I'm going to go to the mall and get a part-time job, right? Or I'm going to work at the local fast restaurant. We know they don't have time for that. Or they can't even do enough for it to be really lucrative. But this is something they can do right from their phone wherever they are when they're there. Now, granted, there is regulation around. You can't post about your own private brand why you're playing on the school field or why you're at practice because they want to protect their brand. Mm. But you're on your phone in times that are not that. Like usually when you're training, you're not on your phone at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're at home, after your practice, you're on your phone. It's just using that time to be productive. So what kind of numbers are you seeing for these ages? Like what kind of money are kids making and, and how are the parents helping them like is that what would you advise for parents you're setting up a, a trust or are they allowed to spend the money or how do you help teach them that yeah so the average nil deal right now documented is fifteen hundred dollars so the way At what age all across across the entire across, spectrum typically they're tracking okay. high school and up right okay. now the data checking high school and up uh fifteen hundred dollars is the average nil deal um, and by NIL deal, let's just switch in the average brand or entrepreneur deal that an athlete has. Um, and so what parents can do is become educated. The book is actually for parents. How to Get Paid Before Going Pro is a parent's guide to NIL. The reason why the parents need to be educated is so they can be on board. The reason why athletes tend to do so well is because the parents are on board. The parents are taking you to practice. The parents are driving you to the game. The parents have found that extra trainer to take you with. The parents have come across Kristen to say, okay, hey, how do we change the psychology of what they think about themselves, right? It's the parents who are finding the resources that they pair with the athlete. So if the parents get on board about NIL and they are educated about it, then they're more supportive of the athlete, which helps them flourish more. And then they use the money like any other money that they use, right? Just like if they went to a job at a grocery store and they got their paycheck and it will go in their account, it can be spent the same way. Just my suggestion is make sure you carve out some money so that they can pay for college, so that they graduate debt-free, right? So that they go into this world and come out as unscathed as possible. What it, What is your big audacious goal for your football player? Like, what? where are you now on your path to that happening? Yeah, is that so, likely? Um, I really let him drive the goals that he wants for himself. Because at the end of the day, it's his life. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm living mine pretty happy with with myself and so he drives his own goals for what he wants um, I think in terms of NIL and entrepreneurship it's just making sure that he has consistent awareness and enough awareness so that he can partner with brands and launch anything that he wants to launch and so outside of that I don't have any specific goal 
for him. I really let him drive the ship on like what he wants his year to look like, what he wants to accomplish. And then my job is to say, okay, where do you need support in whatever you pick for yourself um, and helping do that? So two of my children are playing basketball. One just finished playing undergrad and the other one had just started. And um, when they were being recruited, talked to several coaches and one coach told me, yeah, you know, our best player was just going into his fourth year, was going to have his name in the, in the, in the rafters. He was going to be our best player by far. Some school came along and offered him $35,000 and he was out of here. So what, I'm sure you've got a thousand stories, but enlighten us on, on that, what's happening in the transfer portal with NIL. How, how prevalent is that? Is that happening a lot? Um, I think it's happening a lot more to your athletes that are bigger. I think what's so beautiful about NIL is forever the institution held the power, right? You were locked into going to a certain place. And, and I know this to be true because some of the legislation that's being proposed now is that we don't want to allow student athletes to be able to use a transfer portal until they played at a school for three years. Mm-hmm. So if the schools weren't losing the power, they wouldn't be afraid to keep it. No other institution. That's why labor unions happen, right? No other institution is saying you can't go work somewhere for free. And what I like to remind parents when they see these headlines and, and they agree with, no, they shouldn't be able to have free agency is probably 80% of the students are paying to go to that school. Mm. So what you're actually agreeing to is I need to pay you to go to the college and you can tell me that I can't leave. I'm, I'm, and so I want to say it out loud again, just for like it to settle in. There will be like you going to a job, you paying to work at the job, the job telling you you can't leave. You're paying. They're not paying. You're paying them to be there. Now you well, can- it's a non-compete, which now are illegal. But yeah, my husband had one of those enforced. That so was really fun. <laughs> you can't work anywhere else, but we're not going to allow you to work here. Well, right. then fine. You're going to have to pay me to sit out, right? Which is essentially right. what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So with athletes going through the transfer portal, all they're doing is saying, hey, I'm going somewhere that is a better opportunity, right? Because yeah. the coach doesn't have to play them. The coach also doesn't have to give them a scholarship. If they have a scholarship, again, full rides technically are one-year scholarships that have to be renewed. So you can have a full ride year one, that is not a full ride year two. Mm-hmm. Um, so for athletes to be looking for the best situation for themselves is not a bad thing. Oftentimes, here's another myth. Oftentimes when they're saying, oh, I'm getting paid by the school, technically they're getting paid by a collective. Technically, that is an associated organization alongside the school for saying it mm-hmm. nicely. Um mm-hmm. So it's not that student athletes aren't grateful. Like most student athletes, they want to play and they want to win. This is their dream. They've been doing it for seven years, right? They're seasoned veterans, vetted employees, if you will. (laughs) So they want to play. It's not that they don't want to play, but they want to go somewhere with someone who wants to play them. The athletes that tend to leave either are on teams where the coaches isn't utilizing them as much or isn't playing them. So they're not going to get the awareness by the pro league anyway, because they're not being used. Right. And that's the only shot that they have is Mm -hmm. that three, four or five year period. Um, So I think in terms of the use of the transfer portal, 
being able to be used by student athletes is a great thing for student athletes. And the institutions that are upset about it typically are the institutions who are losing power, who have always been the cream of the crop for athletes. And so meaning they didn't have to do a lot to get the top tier. Now you have to work. Now you have to have something appealing. Now you have to care right? Mm -hmm. They're not just another labor force. You actually have to put some energy to them. So um, I think parents who hear the news about the transfer portal should be rooting every time a student goes through. Um, You also don't hear about the students who get stuck in the transfer portal, who talk to a coach ahead of time that says, yes, we want you here. We love you. You're amazing. They go in the transfer portal that coach picks another player. And now they're stuck there. And when you submit your name in the transfer portal, it is likely that that current school doesn't renew your scholarship. So the headlines that we hear and then the truth that happens do not always match up. 2021, over 21,000 athletes went into the transfer portal. And at the D1 level, less than half found a home at that level or below. So, yeah, the, the, it isn't as sun, sunshine and rainbows, you know, the transfer portal, which we could have a whole another discussion about. <laughs> but... Um, from an NIL, what I am seeing at a 10,000 foot level is how much it's helped women. I do feel like it is women are now getting paid what they're worth. Can you talk about what you're seeing with NIL so and excited. women? And, uh, yeah. And I'm diverse. so excited. Yeah. The data for women in NIL, women get paid three to one. So for every $1 that a male makes in NIL, women make $3. If this is unprecedented in sport, pick a sport, pick a sport, all of them, roll them up, put them together. This is unprecedented. So if nothing else, if you're mad about every other aspect of NIL, for once women are getting paid as much as, or sometimes more than their male counterparts for doing the exact same thing. Um, and so if it has done nothing else, at least it is opening a door in that world that has been so long forgotten um, and overlooked. Um, and so it's a wonderful opportunity for female athletes to jump in. And in some cases, they're making more as their college athlete than, than the pro leagues, than the rookie year. So it's a great space for women to be in. And uh, that's why I'm pushing so hard for parents to get involved, uh, to push a lot more of the athletes to the door, especially female athletes, uh, because the future is so bright for them in NIL. I have heard several that have opted to stay in college because they will. They'll make more um, playing in college with their NIL deal than they would going into the league, right? Because women's sports were up on the, on the rise, but it's definitely not where it needs to be in order to get to make a living, right? It's a great space for women, for female athletes to be in. So what's, what are your biggest takeaways? If you want somebody, a parent listening to this, what advice do you have if this if is ringing any bells for them? How would you, how would you help them approach that? Obviously buy your book. Yes, um. <laughs> you can get the book on Amazon, but don't be afraid. That's kind of the first hill to climb. Don't be afraid of NIL. Uh, don't think that the NIL is just for your D1 top tier athletes. There are athletes at all levels, HBCUs, D2, D3, high school, uh, middle school. There are elementary school that are benefit documented that are benefiting from NIL. So don't be afraid. And, and if you have qualms about your athlete making money, if you're a purist, they should just play for the love of the game, even though we don't say that about coaches at all. 
Um, and I do think coaches should be paid, uh, but that's another dog in the fight. Um, <laughs> if you are a purist and you don't think that they should be paid, then put the money away and use it for their college tuition so that you aren't paying for another home just to get them educated and they can actually walk away really with that first foot forward because they're not going to have as many networking opportunities, but if they can graduate debt-free, they are mm. ahead of most in their industry and they can have the bandwidth to really secure, hopefully a job in sports if they've been in sports and they love it so much, but if not something outside of sports, right? But they have that air cover to pursue it because they don't have debt weighing them down. I love this. So Joy, the one question we always ask on this podcast, and I would love to hear your take on it as an entrepreneur and as a mother raising athletes, the best athletes I know do this. How would you answer that, given your best angle? athletes I know love and prepare for their sport. In what way? Um, on the field and off the field. So not only do they know how to play their sport, but they are educated about how the industry of their sport works. Uh, a lot of the leading athletes who we look up to, those that are amazing, those that rise to heights, yes, is due to their physical prowess and what they can do, but oftentimes it's also due to the agents that they have, the team that they build, the advertising and marketing that's around them. That's how you even find out about them, who they play with and who they pair with. So not just knowing how your sport functions, the mechanics, but knowing how the business of your sport functions as well. So good. Parents listening, uh, if you go on and follow, at, where can we find you? At Joy Harris? You can find me at The Joy Harris across all social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, I find that parents don't always raise their hand, so feel free to shoot me a DM. Um, if you have questions, uh, I definitely check them. And so uh, get the information, the education you need, uh, because as NIL becomes more popular, there are institutions already that are trying to figure out how to turn the tide back to the colleges. Uh, but it is a right that was held from students since the 60s. They just got it two years ago. Uh, so I want to make sure that you all jump in and take advantage of it. So parents, and we have some athletes now listening. So parents or athletes, whoever you are listening, go on and follow at Harris and at Kirsten Jones Coach or hashtag Raising Athletes and like and follow and you know, rate and review if you can while you're there. And we're gonna do a giveaway. So anybody who sends Joy and I a, a, a DM says, hey, I, I, I listen to the podcast, I want it, I want more. We're gonna do a giveaway for one of Joy's books and one of my books. So get in there. Um, you know, again, let's, we, we wanna educate, we're here to help. We're here to help parents navigate this giant hairball that is youth sports and the NIL deal. And thank you so much for your time. This was so enlightening. I learned a ton and I know our audience will really enjoy this as well. Thank you so much for having me. All right, parents and athletes, we gotta do this. We gotta keep working, keep falling down, keep standing up, dusting ourselves off, learning about how we can do better. We know when we know better, we do better. So let's do this.